The car business is rapidly changing and modern car dealers are meeting the demand. I'm Michael Cirillo, and together we're going to explore what it takes to create a thriving dealership and life in the retail automotive industry. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with subject matter experts that are designed to help you grow. This is The Dealer Playbook. We're here in Arlington. Tejas. A Sodu. Texas. Tejas. Yeah. We ate some barbecue. We had some bread. Burnt what, what ends. Burnt ends. ends. Al. Our producer thought that that was a code word for nasty food. Yeah, like burnt ribs <laughs> would be bad. Burnt ends. Very Great. good. Oh, so delicious. Yeah, they were really. That was a cool spot that we were at last night. It's dope. Right outside the ballpark. A little bit of, yep. you know, Ranger sports State. bar. I had no beef fancy. with the Rangers. It's yeah. a good thing. Bring me inside how an event like a Sodu X actually gets conceived and then put into motion. So on a Sunday, <laughs> is that a real question? So this is what happens. This is what happens. We dream up a big thing. We tell everybody about it. The whole team gets going and then on we it. We have to do it. And then on Sunday afternoon at about two o'clock, you're watching a soccer game and you're like, you know, that's not exactly the way we want to do it. So you text your friend, Paul, and you go, what I was thinking is we would do it this way. You change all the plans on a Monday morning, and then you set that in motion. 75 days later, you got two shows running. That's that's basically how it goes. Pretty close. Pretty close. I think the essence of it is that <laughs> we, we just do things that already we already know people love. Right. And concepts we already know people love. We right. don't start from a saying like, okay, well, what can we imagine or reimagine? We just kind of piece together elements that we know work and that connect with people. And then we just figure out like, how can we give it our spin and contextualize it? So we're kind of like a, like a cultural entertainment like DJ. Yeah. I was thinking about this on the drive-in today. People, when they, because I mean, for automotive, what's happening with what we're doing here in Arlington, what we did at Year End Extravaganza, that, that's not... That's never been done in this space before. There's no. a lot of events, but this Tonight Show, live talk show, fun, live band, yeah. beautiful hall. I mean, this place is awesome. awesome. I mean, we have a skateboard signed by Steve-O from Jackass <laughs> right exactly. next to us as we're recording this. I mean, yeah. it doesn't get any higher there class are, than there's that. There's a bunch of signed guitars by famous people. That, that we, we just, just picked up and started playing without knowing. Yeah. But when we're when you're... I mean, I find like human nature when you're early to something especially to today's standards they expect that oh the the hall is going to be jam-packed standing room only etc cetera, etc cetera. what they told me what encourages you to continue to push on you know and keep yourself grounded that this is early we're forging new territory yeah. how do you keep yourself motivated well um, they do say that a lot of times early looks wrong and it could be wrong right i don't think at this point that we believe obviously we wouldn't be doing this right. if we thought it was wrong yeah the the hope and, and the desire is that, and as we talk to people, we've been in dealerships the last couple of days, as we talk to people and we start to say, hey, this is what we're doing. And we're starting to explain to technicians and salespeople and receptionists and BDC workers, it's real clear what's going on, right? But to contextualize why go to NADA convention for them, there's no relationship to what they're doing or what their everyday life is and so and the reality is unless they're in a very small percentage of yeah. the industry they're never going to nada no right exactly yeah yeah and so so that's why that's why do it 
this way. That's why keep pushing the boundaries on the type of of content and entertainment that we put out because we we believe that if those people start to engage more broadly across the in- industry, then both their commitment to it as a career path and their engagement with their community, their friends, their family will be more sticky because they'll be like, that's, that is, that's my industry. They'll take ownership and, right. and have, and have a deep sense of pride of what they're a part of instead of just, mm. yep, I work at a car dealership, you know? Yeah. I was shocked. I was reading an article. I think it was wall street Journal, my one of those similar type, if it wasn't that one. And it was talking about how one in every four jobs in America is tied to the auto industry. Wow. And you okay. think about that at first I was I'm like, use uh, that. Yeah, yeah, you who quoted somebody, somebody, I'll find it. We'll put it in the show notes. And that actually took me back. And I realized that my bias is that I only think about retail. But Hmm. when you start going down the manufacturer suppliers, I go back to a conversation we had with Darren Doan about steel fabricators. And I'm like, there are companies in this industry who only create steel to supply to automakers to create. I'm like, oh, dang, the quick lubes and all the things that we from the retail bias speak against those people are all like i'm in the car business yeah yep. tire producers lug nut create like there's so many people in the united states that are tied to this industry and i love what you're saying about be proud to be in this is a juggernaut industry mm-hmm. it is a juggernaut it drives it it can drive the economy it is it so does big. It does. I mean, you just look over the last couple of years, what everybody points to as market indicators. There's no major publication that hasn't been closely tracking the relationship of car sales and its efficiency, its inability to have inventory, the interest rates related to vehicles. There's no major publication that isn't looking at it going, what is it doing? How is the rest of the market reacting? And so every car sold, every car serviced, every part, every accessory, every every quick change, all of that type of stuff relates to macro economy. And, and all those publications, Wall Street Journal, Reuters, like they all have sections now on the website that is business subcategory autos and transportation. Wow. Like it exists now. And it's often on the, those stories are often the lead stories or they have been over the last 12 months. Yeah. Wow. You over lunch today, you said, I mean, can we reveal that you guys have been on location? Yeah. And yeah. we've got a new series that, that you guys have masterminded called. We, we haven't actually named it. We have a working title okay, that we're not, mind. we're talking about less and less. Just kidding. But yeah. it's a network, it's a network style TV show. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I love the, I love the concept, but over lunch, you were saying that in one of the conversations you had had today, it, it brought you pretty close to tears. There were some emotions. Can you bring me inside of what that was and why maybe it moved you to that level of without maybe giving away the whole episode, but why it moved you yeah. and how does that tie to the whole narrative of automotive and pride in automotive? Well, I'll give it the context that over the last couple of days, and we were in some really great dealerships uh, and I would say that large amount of dealerships have this kind of verbiage coming out of their people that they say, well, it's like family around here. And we've asked multiple times, can you describe what that is? Like put your finger on, why you say it feels like family or what has happened to you or to those around you that feel like family. And one of the stories that I think was quintessentially what that feels like family and the, the, the punchline basically is there was a difficult situation in someone's life. They walked into another's office and were just in tears and they said, I just needed my family. And the family was the person at, yeah. 
and and and, and they meant the other team members of the dealership right wow. and and the impactful story for me is there there were very two very clear times in the 12 years in retail for me personally where i needed that and i got that in the moment and it was really impactful to me that those people came around me some some were my like my direct reports the people that reported to me that were supporting me in life's pain right and that's that is that's how you can clearly say yep that's family that is a how that practically works out and not just like this ethereal like oh in business we want to be like family right right but there's these practical things i was talking to one more just example right after that matt jones of true car you know true car has been helping us put all of this on right. here in arlington and he said you know the time that he spent in the dealership world because he was there and he was also, he was like, did you know I was a firefighter? No. Nope. No, I, I thought he was a bodybuilder. Yeah. I mean, this guy bodyguard, like tons of his builder. But he double. was a firefighter. And he said, no, you don't understand. The same feeling of family. And like when you're a firefighter, you like sleep at the fire department. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. He said that same feeling is the same feeling that I had when I was working in a dealership with the people around whoa, me. Whoa, whoa. So- so many people have that as a narrative and I don't think we talk about the how and the why of what the word family means in the industry. You and I were chatting the other day and we were talking about really, I think the undertone underlying mission of a SODU automotive state of the union. And you said something that's got me thinking about it since we had the conversation. I mean, we were just on a quick FaceTime. It was the end of the day. Actually, I might have been going to the chiropractor. It was the Probably. day I back out. <laughs> yeah. We're like, you yeah. old fogey. Um, and I thought, that's why we're doing what we do here. This is why I was so excited to come in and be a part of this with the two of you. And you you spoke about, okay, well, what the public hears, the, the only dealer-owned media company in automotive, which of itself is amazing. But then you had some deeper rooted desires as to why you founded a SODU. Can you share some of those and, and map it back to some of the stuff that, that Kyle's been talking about family? Yeah, sure. I'm probably get a little esoteric first. I think we, we, the three of us here understand, and I think a lot of people in the industry, and if, if you're human, you understand that most of what you do in your life is some level of effort to find where you belong. Right. And... When you do start to find the places where you belong, sometimes you find it because you like a similar band. And sometimes you find it because you believe a certain thing about life or God or politics or education, right? There are all these little things, or Seth Godin would say, like, you find the other people that like to wear red hats. And now with the internet, you can all get on a bus and go on a trip together in your red hats. <laughs> red hat conference. Right? So that is just the truth of the human condition. And automotive touches so many lives and lives therefore are a bunch of people trying to find where they belong and trying to find their place. And when a soda was founded, we were pandemic just began and things were closing down and a lot of people didn't know where they belonged in that moment. And since I was in the auto industry, I just, the people that I rolled with right. were all across the country. Yeah. And so a soda was really an effort to just tell people like, Hey, if you're in this industry, you belong here with all the other people who call this industry home. And together, right, we will feel better and understand that we can get through this together. So that's kind of the synthesis of it. But as you boil that down, like, why do we do a Tonight Show style event? Why are we going around fil filming a network style TV show? 
Well, we think it's tragic, first of all, that so many people think the wrong narrative about dealers are true. And some of them are, right? Some of them are earned. But the reality is we know that that place where people belong is actually in this industry. For people who are looking to find some meaning, we heard the word fulfillment come up how many times today at the last dealership we visited? Every, Literally every person we talked to. It was wow. unbelievable. Fulfillment. And it's like this, this connection with the human condition, you know, and as that connects with me, yes, we're in the auto industry and I love the industry, but it doesn't really matter what the industry is. I want people, my legacy to be someone who brought that sense of meaning and groundedness and purpose to people's lives. And that's going to be in all different shapes and sizes. And the Tonight Show style, I mean, we love music, so right. part of it is just we're trying to travel around with a band and feel like yeah. we're rock stars. <laughs> I, guess, I, just love band, yeah. I just love good drummers. So. Yeah. But there's a part of that where I see all these these entertainment lanes yeah. as very easy on-ramps to get into like the highway that's much more substantive. And so I feel like the more on-ramps we can build and the easier it is, we can get people from the very entry level of the dealership world into an industry and places that really care for them, that really make them feel fulfilled. And when people get a hold of that, I think the world is your oyster. When people get a hold of that and that starts to compound, we just have to show people that it's here. And yep. Donald Miller, one of my favorite authors, New York Times bestselling author, he has a book called Blue Like Jazz. And the book opens with a story and he says, he goes, you know, jazz music doesn't make sense to so many people. And you almost can't appreciate jazz music until someone, you watch someone appreciate it and they right. teach you how to appreciate it. So mm. there's an effort, like the work we're doing here, even on this podcast. And I know you've been on this track for a long time, Michael. And Kyle, you've been on this track for a long time, like leading in the stores. I feel like we're coming together to show people how to appreciate jazz. And mm. once they do, it's going to be like Ooh, headphones on. <laughs> oh, that was the wrong trigger pad. <laughs> That's the punchline. <laughs> no, but here's the deal. And when we do that, you think of people who appreciate jazz and yeah. it's like eyes closed. They're feeling the music yeah. and they're just transported to this place where they're like, now that is something that is right with the world. They're transported to an infinitely long closet filled with tweed jackets that have oh yeah record players, yeah. tube amps, and it just has that that scent, you know. <laughs> what is this kind of? I'm having a full circle moment because we were just talking about how far reaching and inward deeping this industry is, and I wonder if yet the band that will play for us tonight realizes that they're. <laughs> They don't They're know like it yet. One event away from being in the auto industry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Third one, you're in. <laughs> you're right. in. This is Life number first. two. They're gonna be. They're gonna be a digital dealer, being like, you know, I kind of fell backwards into the industry. Yes. <laughs> oh, but now I'm the PC master. Right. Now, <laughs> now I'm up in the tower, <laughs> and I just love this. <laughs> I love it. I love having conversations like this. You know, I mean, gosh, when we started the deep the dealer playbook. Um, I think we started like so many shows where it was like, oh, it's about marketing and sales. And, oh, what's, what's the one, two, threes of sales that you could talk? And we naturally moved. Like you said, I feel like I have been on that this track for a long time as the both of you have. And it just somebody pulled a lever. It was probably you pulled the lever and all of our tracks went like this. And I just feel like there's so much magic happening in that it's it's been a beck and cry to the industry that, hey, 
we can meet here, we're safe here, we can grow together here. Culture matters, community matters, people matter. You're wearing the love people more than you love cars shirt. And so when you hear stories like this, th this is really, I think the desire that I have is to bring more and more information like this out there. And I sure know, like we hear from Auto Collabs, we do that show together and what you guys are doing in the morning show with Troublemaker. There are more and more people standing out, standing up from the far reaching scopes of this country. We're starting to hear more jazz. Let, let, let me say, and, and, and to that today, this was exciting, tragic and exciting all at the same time. <laughs> we were talking to an executive at one of these stores and I won't give it too much away because it was a side conversation, but essentially we were explaining what we were doing with the show, the way that we just did the show that is going through these stores. And his kicker line, which everyone got a good chuckle at, was, oh, wow, so you're doing the impossible. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yo, oh. which is like, if you want to dissect the English language about <laughs> right, the right, way right. that he said that is so perfect for what we're doing is like, we are like, are is a form of yeah. being that yeah. is not a try, it's but it is a do. We yeah. are doing, which is the active pursuit of the reality the impossible which means that we're making that impossible possible by the active pursuit of doing it and i really believe and to anyone that listens to this that might have this shadow of a doubt that's like yeah all of that that talk sounds good good try maybe you'll get there one day yeah. like we are doing the impossible and we're starting like you just said we're starting to see these things pop up and people finding the others and feeling like home and understanding what it means to communicate that this is family. And mm. all of those little micro micro things are happening across the country and across the world, honestly. And that draft is starting to move all in that same lane, similar to the way that our three has. And like we are doing the impossible. Wow, that's there was a time Dang. when the scientific community believed that your heart would explode if you ran a mile faster than four minutes. Mm. Come on now. Give it to him, baby. You know what I'm saying? It, it was impossible <laughs> until one person did it. Yeah. And then the next year, how many people did it the next year? Yeah. Right? They started wow. stacking up. And now it's the norm. People are measuring against oh, the four-minute Oh, yeah. Minute if you mile can't run a four-minute mile, then you're not really a miler. Wow. I love this conversation. You know I love you guys. We always have fun together. We laugh. We make fart noises. Yeah. And we talk about some deep stuff sometimes. All at the same time. All at the same time. We are doing the impossible. Thanks for thanks for hanging out with me here in Arlington. We're going to blow the roof off of this place. Here we are. It's going to be so much fun. Appreciate doing it with you both. Thanks for having Let's us. Go. I'm Michael Cirillo, and you've been listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. Thanks for listening.